This week, Australia recognised uh, National Refugee Week. It helps to raise awareness about the issues affecting refugees. Um, so this year, Australia's Refugee Week actually coincided with World Refugee Day. Um, it's particularly pertinent given the international outcry concerning the US's treatment of immigrant families and their government's policy to separate undocumented families at the border. Um, and also closer to home, Australia's treatment and detainment of um, refu- of um, you know refugees here as well. I think you know that's also a very big issue. Um, so we've actually got Regina Jeffries, um, who's a teaching fellow at UNSW. She's a trained immigration attorney, and she's also at the Cowdor Centre. She received the National Advocate of the Year Award this year on June first for her work. Um, and yeah, so we've we've got her on the line now. Hi, Regina. How are you? I'm well. How are you? Good. Thanks for speaking to us today. So, Thank you for having me. You worked as a lawyer in the U.S. Um, and you've obviously had a lot of experience with the immigration crisis and refugees. Can you tell us more about the situation unfolding in the U.S.? Sure. So I worked for about uh, 10 years directly in Arizona, um, which is, as you know, on the southern uh, land border with Mexico. And the U.S. shares a roughly 3,000-kilometer border with Mexico. And the border is dotted with various ports of entries or places where individuals can either drive in a car or walk up to uh, an official to request admission or asylum in the U.S. And what's been unfolding recently, um, frankly, is a bit of a crisis of the administration's own making. Um, Numbers of immigrants and asylum seekers at the ports of entry and along the border in general have been declining over the years. Um, however, what's happened is this administration put into effect what's called a, they've called it a zero tolerance policy, whereby they are prosecuting any individual um, who attempts to cross into the U.S., even if they are requesting asylum. Um, they, they criminally prosecute them in federal court, which arguably violates U.S. and certainly violates international law relating to asylum seekers and refugees. And so as a result of that zero tolerance policy, Um, The administration has said that it requires them to separate children, um, some infants, some as uh, young and disabled um, children, basically, from their parents without a plan uh, to to track them and reunite them with with families. And um, as you saw in the U.S. and as I've seen here in Australia as well and internationally, people are genuinely and rightly outraged by by the result of, of the administration's actions. Yeah, so I mean, Trump recently said that he'll be reuniting families, but will still take a zero tolerance policy. And I mean, this sounds like he's trying to, you know, reach some kind of weird balance where, you know, he's he's kind of bowing into pressure to reunite these families. But then he's also trying to reinforce this zero tolerance policy where he's like, the US is still very tough on immigration um, and, you know, these kinds of issues. So can you kind of run us through what he possibly means by this? It's, it's a little bit confusing. Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, it, it's confusing to lots of people. He's not always clear uh, about what he means. But um, in, in general, what he's trying to argue is that the law as it currently is requires him to do these things. And, and frankly, you know, ripping children from their parents isn't a good look for him. And so he's he's tried to sort of mitigate some of that and say that the administration will be reuniting families. But similar to what happened with the Muslim ban uh, about a year ago, 
uh, he his administration doesn't have any real policies in place for actually accomplishing what they're required by law to do. Um, and so it, it's, it really remains to be seen sort of how the administration will deal with this because they have pushed back as well um, on, you know, people speaking out and, and the media sort of shedding light on what's been happening. They've said, look, we're not going to do anything differently than what we've done before. And I think what's interesting about um, these policies, it, it, particularly having been in Australia for, for a bit, is that it's sort of the same zero-tolerance deterrence logic that has been adopted uh, by the current government and, and prior governments here, in that you know you can't have any type of um, compassion for individuals who are genuine refugees or genuinely seeking protection from persecution in their home country. This idea that you can't have compassion for people in order to secure borders, I think that what you see as far as the child separation policy is one extreme to which that type of logic can go. Yeah, and I mean, um, the U.S. ambassador to the U.N., Nikki Haley, um, also recently announced that the U.S. would be withdrawing from the Human Rights Council because the council apparently has an anti-Israel bias. I mean, given the U.S.'s current treatment um, of, you know, immigrant families, do you do you think this was the right move? I, I, I definitely disagree with the administration's withdrawal from the human rights uh, uh, body. I mean, the the issue is... In the U.S., there's sort of this perception that, um, you know, human rights are already protected under the Constitution and the Bill of Rights that are uh, that function within U.S. law. But there's also a lot to be said for the U.S., uh, you know, taking a position in an international um, sphere. And, and in the past, what's happened is that the U.S. has sort of been able to advocate for um, human rights-based positions, um, not always, I mean, of course, there there are um, situations in which the U.S. has failed at that task, but um, but in general, I, mean, I think less engagement is is not good. More engagement is definitely needed, and and unfortunately, this administration is taking the the U.S. away from that. Yeah, definitely. I guess also, I mean, since you're you've worked both in the U.S. and Australia, do you think that there is a parallel between the U.S.'s immigration policy and Australia's? I mean, there's certainly some striking similarities. I mean, just recently, uh, you know, Peter Dutton has said that, you know, compassion is is a weakness that can basically hamper efforts to stop uh, smugglers and stop people from, from arriving to mm. Australia in boats. I mean, the, the same type of logic is being used in the U.S. And frankly, you know, it, it's it's concerning and worrying because a lot of this, uh, rhetoric and a lot of this um, position around, you know, deterrence as the only answer isn't fully based on empirical studies or reality. I mean, at least in the U.S., the um, the current, as I said, the current quote-unquote crisis at the border is it's we're at the lowest numbers of crossings and arrests in, in years. And a lot of the people that are coming are genuine refugees, and they're genuinely entitled to protection under international and U.S. law. And I think you see a similar situation here, where a lot of the individuals being detained in offshore um, centers are genuine refugees, and some of them are children. And I think that the questions that we have to ask is not whether we should be less compassionate, but whether there is 
a way to be more compassionate, but to also, you know, keep in mind legitimate state interests and then allow people to make legitimate claims for asylum and refugee status. And and I don't think those things are mutually exclusive. Definitely. You know, it's a horrible situation. We're going to continue to keep track of this as it unfolds. Thank you so much for speaking to us, Regina. Thank you for having me.